Couch in space! Oh, look, it's a couch! Looks comfortable. And it's in space! Cool! Couch in space! Hello, everyone. Welcome to Couch in Space. Um, I'm here with Julie Schooler. Thank you for joining me today, Julie. Thanks, Daniel. Um, it's very interesting to have you on because um, the reason I asked you here is one, I heard you on another podcast and you talked about publications and the creative process and things like that. And you had some really interesting insights, I thought, ones that I could definitely identify with. <laughs> so that's why I got you here. So thank you very much for coming. Oh, thanks for inviting me. I'm very honoured. Oh, good. <laughs> I was like having honoured guests. <laughs> so your, your writing journey, when, was, when did you start that? When did you decide, I'm going to write something? Uh, well, I really liked writing when I was a kid. Um, but um, and then and then it just all fell away, and I grew up and ignored my creative side for a long time, and then I had my first child, um, Dylan. He just turned seven, right. and and I really believe that having a child, creating yes. life, yes. Um, brought back my creativity, and mm. and I started dabbling in um, writing children's books, and I was kicking myself because. I thought I had all this time before I had kids to be creative, <laughs> yeah. and and I uh, and, and I waited until I had kids in no time, and suddenly all this creativity started popping up. So wow. um, that was really interesting. Um, How did you fit that in? Like, you just you just fit creativity in when you it, do, eh? yeah yeah. If it's knocking if it's knocking on the door, then then you got to let it in. Otherwise, you sort of burst. Mm. Yeah. And and so I was dabbling away, and I was I went back to work. I'm mm. I'm an accountant. And, and then I um, lost my job when I was six months pregnant with my second child and I just, and I just sort of, it really hit me really hard. Right. It's, it's not the worst thing to ever happen to anyone, mm. but it really hit me hard. And How so? Like what? what? Uh, I, it was a professional decision from the workplace, yes. um, but I just took it really personally and I felt quite rejected. As, as you would actually, yeah. And um, I'd been there seven years and and I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to find a job when I was um, six months pregnant. And I went and saw a coach and I just said to her, um, I, I think I, I want to write a book. I want to write a book. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we didn't, I didn't even know what I wanted to write a book about, but I just wanted to write a book. Um, and you were talking to a life coach at yeah, that point? And yep. she'd just just local a, one. Yeah, and, and she'd just written a book. So, oh. so I got some really good information from her and she put me onto some resources. And um, um, and then, yeah, three months after my daughter was born, I, I started uh, writing um, my first book, which is uh, Easy Peasy Potty Easy Training. Easy Peasy Potty Training. So I just wrote a book on the thing I'd just been through, which was potty training my older, my older child at the time. Right. And, uh, yeah, that's um, a bestseller in toilet <laughs> training on Amazon. <laughs> wow, and, that's um, awesome. It's... it's, it's just sold thousands and thousands of copies. It's, it's just very strange to me. I heard you saying on the um, other podcast um, that you were surprised that there's still room for your take on something that's been written about many times before. Yeah. yeah. So what is what it I about wanted. your interpretation that you, that, you know, you think resonates with, with your readers? I, well, I mean, I, I just think there's a perfect book for a perfect reader. Mm. So... You, you, I'd never want anyone to 
not write a book because there's already you know yes. a billion romance novels out in the world and they mm. want to write a romance novel. Your book will appeal to somebody. Yes. And and if I'd and if I'd already known there was 400 books on potty training on Amazon <laughs> yeah. already, it might have put me off. But luckily, I was just so naive and I just wanted <laughs> to write a book. It didn't matter to me. And then afterwards, I was like, oh, oh, there's so many books already. But um, you always have a different take on it to anyone else. That's right. Yeah. And did you read any of the other books that yeah, like you I, did research? Yes, yeah. I, um, and what was missing that you thought, no, I'm going to explain it in my way mm. Yeah, I, I started writing a book. I'd re- done a bit of research. I'd, re- I'd read a couple of books. And... And then I just, I got imposter syndrome and I, I thought, oh. what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. And I just stopped writing and I read another eight books on potty training. No one should ever read eight <laughs> books on potty training. It's just very confusing. All written by Dr. William <laughs> yeah, Herbertson, you know, someone who's never... potty training experts. <laughs> and some of the advice was so horrifying Oh, really? Me. Like and, what? Uh, like, um, like... One book said, "Lock your child in the bathroom until they <laughs> until they go on the potty." And I just I just thought I can write a book that's a lot more gentler, yeah, um, a yeah. lot kinder, and a lot more um, from a parent's point of view, a lot more um, understanding that it's just really hard at times mm. to tra- train your child. Uh, so, and I, I didn't do, didn't do it all myself. I um, I felt like my book was. I wanted to write a comprehensive book that no one, so no one else would have to read another book. Right. Like, if you read my book, you had every single answer. Okay. Whereas some books I read said um, didn't talk about nighttime training or didn't talk about when you leave the house or something like yeah. that. So I just wanted mine to be comprehensive. And then I got um, a whole bunch of um, parent friends to help me and and supply um, just sort of fun snippets on on their toilet training antics and stuff. So I had a bit of humour in it as well. Oh, sweet! And did yeah. you get feedback from your friends too? Yes. Like, how yeah. did you edit the book when you had all these ideas? Yes. Well, I mean, um, do you mean how I? No, just so you got feedback. So once you started writing the book, did you actually show your friends first and no. got some feedback? <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, they had to buy a copy, me. did they? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I have a marketing strategy where I make it free for a few days, so I, I get people to download for free if, if they can. That's the beauty about having an e-book to accompany. Yes. I mean, so, there's nothing yeah, like so a physical print, print, copy. Yeah, but. so uh, the, the print book came quite a lot later, actually. Um, wow. But the e-book was available for free for a few days, so I, I, I just gathered up every friend and family I could to download it. And, right. and the other important thing if you're ever thinking about writing a book is to try and get um, reviews and, and quite a few reviews as right. soon as possible. How do you, well, okay, how do you yeah, get reviews? You ask. You ask, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so you, you ask and you ask and you ask again. It's wow. Pretty, uh, yeah. What? Yeah. And but asking so hard. It's yeah. a precious baby <laughs> that you're asking to for them to look at and go, oh, I don't think so. Or, yeah, well, you, well, I love it. You've got to... Um, You've got to work out why you're writing a book and, and, and what, what's it for. And if, if, if you're wanting a, mm. to write something that um, helps people and um, you want it to be out in the world helping people, then yes. the way it helps people is more people knowing about it mm. and more people um, liking it and reviewing it and talking about it. I think a lot of people give up. Um, we were talking just earlier about you know self-publishing a book mm. and with today's technology, you don't need to be a wizard or a millionaire to do that. You can make your own book and you can have something in front of you and a few hundred copies. 
Um, but what people don't know is, yeah, how do you access an oversaturated market already? You know, there's so many books, there's Amazon, and, and like you said, there's probably another 400 potty training books as well. Um, so it's quite scary, isn't it? That, that part of it, the marketing side of it, mm. but that's a real strategy that you need to nut out before you even make the book, isn't it? Yes, and I really just want to encourage anyone who writes a book to just concentrate on writing the book yes, and yep. finishing the book yeah. and not to worry too much about the marketing. There's all this marketing you can do in the world, yeah. but uh, the, you know, you've got two sides. You've got kind of the creative side and the business side and yes. you really, um, you really want to embrace your creative side as much as possible. Mm. And um, even if one person buys it and it changes, changes something they That's do in right. their life, then you know, you've made an impact. Yeah. So, um, Learn, learn what you want about marketing, but don't let it put, put you yes. off mm. writing the book and being creative. Yes. And I went through a course to write that first book um, right. um, called Self-Publishing School. Love Self-Publishing School. <laughs> uh, it was an investment and it was, it was well worth it. A big okay. shout out to Self-Publishing School. <laughs> um, and they promised um, that you could write a best-selling book in 90 days. And for me, they were wrong. It took me a hundred days. Okay. <laughs> so maybe um, you're a slow learner. Yeah, maybe I was. <laughs> so by the time my daughter was six months old, I had a best-selling book out. So I was I was really happy about that. Wow. Um, best-selling. But they, the main thing that they tell you on, in that course, and the main thing I want to tell people is yeah. to finish, your, you know, insert exclusive here. Finish your book. Yes. And then and then um, you know absorb yourself in the marketing and the business side. Yeah. yeah. It shouldn't be the motivation, hey, and it also shouldn't be the goal. You know, you're going to judge yourself, aren't you? If you make this book and it's not a bestseller, have you failed in some way? Well, it depends what your what what you define as your success. Is mm. your success actually finishing a book? Well, if you actually finish writing a book, you you've done better you've done than 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 all those people in the population, the 80% of the population who have said that they want to write a book and That's never right. do. It's amazing though, do you find that though, once you tell people you've written a book, they'll say, oh, I've got a great idea for yeah. a book. Yeah. So, so what have you done about it? Oh, nothing yet, Yeah. but I've got a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've sent out a little, now people ask me about it, so I send out a little email um, to people yes. and um, just to help them along, all the things that I wish I'd known. Yeah. <laughs> like? Like? In my first book, there is, <laughs> yeah. well, and then all subsequent books, <laughs> yeah. have one space after a full stop and not two. Okay? Oh, yeah. It's, it's revolutionary. Revolutionary. Oh, and I'm old school and I think I got taught with two spaces yeah. after a full stop. I still roll with two spaces. No, no. Really? No, one space. My editor had a field day. So, yeah, yeah. Save yourself time and effort. <laughs> is there a button you can push that sees every decimal point and only takes yeah, one you space can, you away? Can, yeah. There is some yes, script. Is some you don't have to go through your whole book yeah. and start yes. erasing after every yeah. <laughs> every sentence. <laughs> All right. So you started with the, the potty training, and then obviously with you know the roaring success you had, you went straight on to easy peasy healthy living. Yeah, healthy eating. Healthy yeah. eating. So that was more about, um, it was just sort of a passion project of mine about getting um, fussy eaters, picky eaters to um, kids to right. like vegetables more. Um, I was this, going, sorry, and this is starting to look like a series yeah, now. So it was, it was, was that ever the intention? That, yes, yeah, I was thinking okay. about um, more leaning into parenting um, 
the parenting side of um, book writing and I had yes. a few ideas for the third one. I've still got ideas for another easy peasy. I'd like it to be a trilogy. Good. Yeah. Uh, um, but um, I kind of lost my mojo on, on, on the parenting bit and then I sort of Easy moved peasy into... got a bit complicated, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, easy peasy, yeah. I don't know. I really enjoy, but I, I stand by both those books. I love them. Yes. Um, and... Uh, the potty training book sells the, uh, the healthy eating uh, steady, but it doesn't sell as much. Um, and yeah, I, I learned a whole lot of things um, when I was researching that book yeah. too. I, I, I mean, you might want to write fiction or yes. whatever, but either way, I, you've got to work out what you enjoy. And what I enjoy is sort mm. of um, collating a whole lot of knowledge that I've sort of researched right. and then finding patterns and then like producing it in a new way mm-hmm. and so I sort of I really enjoyed um researching that book I, I still my um my kids eat more vegetables now than they did before wow, I wrote the really? book so and every afternoon um e- evening before dinner we yeah. um do one of the strategies which is in the book which was we, I, I just give them a platter of raw vegetables and they just eat it yeah, and now they ask for it <laughs> yeah. they're like oh can we have some more celery last night though, I said can we have some more celery I was like okay <laughs> I've never ever heard a kid say can we please have some more celery <laughs> yeah I, I cook them um I talk about kale chips in there too so you just bake oh, up yeah. kale yes and um we had that yesterday too and they're like yum kale chips but kids will adapt to anything you put in front of them hey? yeah. I mean at, at yeah. the end of the day they start with a totally neutral palate don't they it's only what yeah. you introduce into their diet that they are going to love or hate kind yes. of thing. Yeah, and, and, what they're getting exposed and to. we have so many hang-ups on, oh, yeah. on food that we, we don't, don't. realise that we put on to children. Um, my other bugbear is um, rewarding children with food, with, right. especially with sweet treats. Um, yeah. And I, I realise that I, obviously in my past that that has been sort of a reward system that I've been brought up with or I've given myself, yep. and I find it very, very difficult, but I have to find other ways to reward my children and not say, oh, you have to finish your plate and then you get ice cream or anything like that. Yeah. I don't say anything like that. If they don't finish their dinner and they still want dessert, then that's fine. Okay. And it's quite difficult. Mm, very, <laughs> very. Because you, you want to be the good parent, yeah. don't you? You want to give them rewards and you want to encourage them. But uh, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. Oh I do goodness. screen time as rewards now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's, it's hard. It's just hard being a parent. <laughs> Um, I used to do that too, yeah. screen time. Yeah. Yeah, just um, if they're good. And it's also something you can take away as well. Mm. Okay, now it's only half an hour. Yes. You keep going like this, it'll only be 10 minutes. And okay, for the next two days, no screen time. It's not detrimental. No, you know, they're, no. They're the ones putting the importance on screen time, not you. It's yeah. not going to... But most of the time they, okay, okay, I have to play in my room instead. Yeah. Which they end up being quite happily doing anyway. <laughs> they even forget about TV. But yes. then, yeah. I say to my, I say to my son, do you know how many times I got to play on an iPad? None, <laughs> zero when I was a child. He was like, that's because there's no iPads, Mum. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> what did we do before iPads? Yeah. Hey. Oh, that's yeah. what I, I talk a lot about um, um, with with my other guests about the distraction of social media. Oh. You know, how do you even begin to parent something like that? Because. of the adults are addicted to these phones and these screens, yet they have to take the moral high ground in teaching their children to not be as addicted as they are. Mm. And eventually we'll get there. But this is new technology. We're being distracted and more distracted, more so than ever. How do you, do you have any strategies that apart from, you know, taking away some screen time, 
into teaching them how to actually, I don't know, balance themselves with that. Mm, it, it's, it's really difficult, especially when I'm like constantly on my phone as well. <laughs> and um, I, think, I think kids innately love life anyway. Yes. So you just got to get them loving things that are not on a screen anyway. And, and they innately like that. Mm. You know, if you play with them outside, they just love it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? yeah. I'm jumping on the trampoline or yep. I'm playing, um, we're playing hit and roll. Um, yeah. And they absolutely adore it. So yes. um, The trampoline I, is the best thing I ever bought for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> because it, yeah, the activity, it's contained. So there's no excuse having to drive somewhere yeah. or, you know, but you just walk out of the house, jump on the trampoline, gets all their energy going, mm. they learn balance, they learn to be careful. Yeah. And it's just the best thing. Yeah, I don't, I I, I don't, have, um, I don't have a problem with how children are going to be. I'm, I'm worried about the current adult population. Oh, <laughs> we're, we're screen screwed. addiction. We're stuffed. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be in the old rest homes on our phones. Yeah. <laughs> Put that away, Granddad. You don't need it. Yeah. yeah, I think they'll be a lot more disciplined than we are. Yeah. But we just think, oh, this is just such great technology. It's never been here, never been here before. Yeah, maybe maybe they'll be better at it because it's just so pervasive already, they'll learn yeah. to just stop doing we'll it. Or just use it more wisely. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just whereas ours brain. is still like, oh, there's a computer in my back pocket. This is very exciting. Yeah, Ten years ago, it wasn't things. here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know. It's still yeah. so new. It's, it's, yeah. it's scary, but it is, it's exciting. Okay, so you've done, done two yes, easy peasy. So How did you go from... And then I... I um, and then I decided I really wanted to go back to kind of what I was always enjoyed, which is self-help, personal development, right. pers personal growth. And um, in 2016, I turned 40 and I did, um, decided to do 40 things on my bucket list yeah. um, during 2016. And um, um, so that was that was a really exciting year. Wow. I really enjoyed that. And, uh, and um, is that when the the bucket list book? Uh, yeah. Is that and the so next one in the line? What was well? I actually wrote Crappy to Happy first. So um, shake so, off stress and rediscover your mama mojo. Yes. Yeah, so okay. I I wrote it. It was sort of a in between the parenting and the and the pure personal development books. And it was a kind of personal development for mama. Yeah. Mama's helping us be happy. My main question I was asking myself is. You know, I've I've got a nice house and a nice husband and nice kids. Like, why aren't I happier? Yes. And so uh, that was what I was investigating with that book. And um, yeah, it's still my favourite book that I wrote. I I love that book. I'm gonna have to yeah. have a read of that yeah. one. Uh, and I've had guys read it and they yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah. It's written like you're a mum with kids, but yes. anyone can kind of read it and get something out of it. What made you feel crappy? Uh, Did you I, discover that? Did you yes, find out why? Yes, I, I I really think um, it's all about emotion and mindset. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So 2016, when I did the bucket list, um, the, the the one of the major ones I did um, was going to see Tony Robbins. Oh yeah, he's a yep. motivational mm -hmm. uh, American motivational speaker, and and um, he had a seminar in Sydney. So I went over to Sydney. It was four days. He's there for two days. There's another guy who takes it for two days. And um, it was after that that I wrote. Crappy to happy, so there was right. a lot of um, stuff that came out of that. Um, um, just you know, around any, any um, Tony talks a lot about living in a beautiful state versus living mm -hmm. in a suffering state, and yes, and he also talks about how um, busyness and stress 
are sort of acceptable ways of of being. Yes. Um, you, you know, well, they're the norm. Which yeah, is like they're the norm. They're, they're they're expected. Yes. You, you don't have. Don't have to always say that you're busy and stressed all the yes. time. You you can say you have a full life. Um, and oh yeah, I have a full life. Yeah. <sighs> now after hear about it. Yeah. Well, you have a <laughs> yeah, big life, or you've got uh, you, a, you know everyone has are, a big yeah, life. That's yeah. The thing. People have got a lot of things going yeah, on. Yeah, they do. Um, and I and I really love that sentiment, and 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 some of that sort of beautiful state sentiment came through yeah. in the crappy to happy. So, yeah, wow, yeah, I've what had a, a lot of really lovely feedback from that book. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are in the same situation as you, and and I was as well. I was in the same boat. I, um, you know, had a nice house, got a good job, good friends, but there was just something missing. The creativity was part of it, but finding that. What is it, I don't know, whether we are just getting so much in our heads these days because we have the time, we don't have to worry about shelter or food. Mm. It, people think a lot more and all of a sudden, if you don't have anything to kind of take your mind away from just your own thought process and creativity is a great one because it gives you a purpose. You know, mm. you're, you're starting with a mould of clay or you're starting with words or you're starting with a story idea that motivates you and gives you purpose and meaning. But if you don't have that, and a lot of people have just gotten into the framework of getting up in the car, go to work, come home, on the weekends it's kids sport. There's no real me passion time that kind of nourishes the soul. And I think a lot of people you know, use religion or they use clubs, but all of a sudden, those are diminishing, you know, mm. faiths are diminishing and introspective is a lot more popular now. Mm. Um, nourishing your soul books, all that sort of stuff, that self-help, people are lapping it up. They know that something is missing and they need some help, but they can't really explain what that is. And to find that, you have to kind of go on a journey. You cannot go through doing the same thing every day and expecting things to change. Mm. And some people can't find it. They, they're, they're in that rut, they're in that circle, and they don't know how to step out of that. So how did you step out when you wrote your book? Or? When, no, the, the book was something I did earlier. The way I stepped out, to be honest, I'm still stepping out. Mm. It, I it's, think it's, it's called personal growth for a reason. Living <laughs> in part of a society, I still have a mortgage, mm. I still have job responsibilities, I still have family responsibilities. But what I have started is to just put myself in spaces that, to be honest, I'm uncomfortable with. Mm. And to talk to people that have a similar experience. This is why Couch in Space yeah, kind like of exists. Couch in Space, yeah. But you know what? Couch in Space has allowed me to sit with a person one-on-one -on -one for over half an hour, their undivided attention. They're not distracted by people walking past. They're not distracted on their phone. I get to really connect with someone. Mm. And I think it's that connection, a more deeper, meaningful connection with complete strangers, most part. And you think, wow, these people have a really good mind. And whatever, I get so much. I learn so much from different people. Mm. Like your experiences, I learn from. That's great. Yeah, so yeah, definitely getting out of yourself. And, yeah. and actually. How did you scare yourself? Yes, I mean, everything I've done that has stepped me out of my comfort zone has yes. actually ultimately made me feel better. Like, yes. um, even feel though initially it, 
awful, isn't yeah. it? It's like, like writing I hate every, this. Why am I feeling... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's my book worth? Why yeah. is that? Any creative goes through that process yeah. anyway. Like writing the books hard and then actually putting it out in the world. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I've had one-star reviews on my books and it, and it, and it hurts it every does. time. Yeah. Even though I've got, you know, 25-star reviews, it doesn't matter. Uh, um, Isn't that funny? Yeah. Why do we lean more towards the negative feedback than the positive? You could yeah. have five... <laughs> You know, yeah. five-star reviews, but one one-star review, uh, and that's the one that affects you. Yes, that's one you remember. But <laughs> <laughs> we have a we have a negative negativity bias. We have okay. we have a lizard brain that is always searching for lack and attack. Mm. So I talk about a lack lot, and attack. That's how um, to put it. I talk about a lot and crappy to happy, and right. um, you know, sort of an evolutionary thing. We're always on the lookout for something that can. Um, Kill us, yes. you know, the saber-toothed tiger or the lack of water, right? Mm. And and so we're always going to lean into the negative and we have to actually deliberately find ways to make us happier. Right. And um, even if it's just sort of looking out the window and looking at the sunrise and it seems so cliche, yes. but it just stops your brain from having a negative thought for a second mm. and brings mm. in a bit more positive. And so... Part of Crappy to Happy was just finding ways to be happier without even it yeah. costing any more. Um, was only a few seconds or a few minutes. Um, so uh, yeah. meditation kind of starts yeah. to creep in at that stage. Yeah, meditation, gratitude practices. Yeah. Um, my my kids and I we do a, um, we do something every night um, when they go to bed, and I say to them. What are you happy about? Or what are you grateful for? And what are you happy about? Oh, and, nice. Um, and it's just a really nice way to sort of end the day. They're tucked up in bed. And, and, they, and they give the funniest answers. And they, <laughs> and they might say sausages or something. But it doesn't... And why not? If it makes yeah, you happy. It doesn't even matter what the answer is. <laughs> no. It just matters that their mind is redirected to those yes, powerful yeah, exactly. questions. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really nice. It's fascinating, hey. Yeah, so I wrote Crabby to Happy, yep. and then I did the bucket list um, thing through 2016, and I never even thought for a minute about writing a book about it. Like, I don't know what I was I thinking. Anyway, so strange. Um, but this book is not just about my 40 bucket list things. It's, it's, it's a step-by-step -step guide on how to write your own bucket list. You wow. don't have to do 40 in a year or anything like that. I don't want people to think that they have to be terminally ill or nearly dying, like yep. people should, every single person should write a bucket list or at least just jot down two or three things they really want to do and go out and do them. Yes. And also I want people to know that it doesn't have to be expensive. Mm. I did a couple of things that were expensive, like going to see Tony Robbins. Yes. But I did a lot of things that were free or very low cost. Like I walked across Auckland. Have okay. You ever, no, have you I don't ever, think ever heard of that? Yeah. So you no. walked from the viaduct over to Onehunga. Um and right. it takes about five hours, and it's a really cool walk. You walk, yeah, you walk past Mount Eden and, and um, One Tree Hill. Yeah. Is that actually a path that? Yeah, it's, it's, a, path, it's a trail, it's a path, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a, a trail. trail. Yeah. Five hours. Yeah. So that, that's a, that's so an awesome day trip. Yeah, so it's, it's a really cool thing to do. No one would yeah. think of doing that. Yeah, and so it's just a really cool thing to do that I can say I've done now. So, you know, wow. Yeah. So tick. <laughs> and what? And what did you discover that uh, you didn't know before about Auckland doing that little trail? Oh, that was. Yeah, that was really interesting. There was places, because, you know, like I've grown up in Auckland and there was just 
streets and places that I walked through that I've never seen, yeah. never yeah. been through before. I was like, wow. Especially sort of the back of Only Hunger. I was like, wow. And yeah. I lived in Royal Oak for years and years. <laughs> I was like, how do I not know about these places? So, yeah. So we don't even know our own neighbourhoods. Yeah. Yeah, so you don't have to, like, you know, travel overseas for your bucket list mm. or anything like that. We, uh, there's another Tony Robbins concept, but we have um, certain needs and we have a need for certainty, which goes mm. back to our whole lizard brain, our kind of negativity bias. And a lot of people have a need for certainty, um, but we also have a need for variety. So we have two needs that clash. Yeah. And a bucket list is perfect to meet both those needs. So right. it meets your need for certainty because you've got a list of things that you want to do, but it meets your need for variety because right. then you're doing all these sort of variety of things. I think that's the key word, variety. Yeah. And I think that's what got me out of my slump is that I had the certainty aspects of everything. Mm. I know what was coming up, I know what's going to happen, but there was a lack of variety. And the variety, I didn't know how important that was. And variety is new things, and it's, it's putting yourself out there mm. and making yourself feel uncomfortable. And have you done any exciting? <laughs> variety. You need things? to write a bucket list, Daniel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, um, yes, you're right. Uh, it would probably be very good for me because it, then you become goal orientated. Mm. A lot of people have goals and bucket lists, or you know, I have one at work where I cross off the things I have to do throughout the day or the week or the month. But I don't have one personally. Mm. So it makes a lot of sense to say, okay, I really want to learn skiing. You know, and, but it's hard because I don't know anything about skiing. Yeah. <laughs> Where do I ski? Yeah. What do I need to wear to, to ski? You know, and it's all those sort of things. But once you've actually isolated what you want to do, you then make plans to, to do that. And you know, getting your step-by-step -step processes yeah, in line. Yeah, step step And the hard part is staying motivated and actually doing it. Yeah. You just you've got to think about what the why, the yeah. what, why you want to do something yeah. because you can't do it all. That's why you've got to write a bucket list and narrow it mm. down, or a goals list, or whatever you want to call it, and narrow it down to. One of my main things is trying to get people to work out what they really want to do. What do they I think actually maybe love? People don't don't know. That's I, th the I think we've lost it. You like yeah. it as kids, yes. and you just sort of lose it because you think, well, I, I don't have time. You know, and you lie to yourself. You say, I don't have time for that. Yeah. You know what it is? Play. Yes, Playing. play. Yeah. People are so serious, and our life is so serious. You know, as soon as you start paying taxes, <laughs> the play part of life gets totally sucked out. Don't you think so? <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. And, and, it, and it's totally valid. Oh, I can't. I'm stressed about this. And oh, no, I'm a parent now. And even the creative process... Everything is based on goal orientation or success orientation. Mm. If you think about how kids play, they just play. Two or three hours, they're in their own little world, they come out of that world, and that's it. It didn't have to mean any more than just being in that. And, and I just think, you know, what an invitation as a, yeah. as a, um, to be a parent, is, uh, to, to invite you to back into play. Isn't that that's amazing? What, that's what kids do for you, though. Yeah. You know, I, so, you sit down uh, with we, Lego we, again and you, yeah. you're sitting on the floor or you're bouncing on the trampoline. Yeah. As a, a parent, you're allowed to do that. Yes. But if you're not a parent... Oh, well, I mean, still... And I mean, you, you jump can... on the trampoline or you sit down on the floor with Legos, people are going to judge you yes. pretty harshly, eh? And, and you... I don't think play has to be typically children's play. Play 
um, I'm writing this in my new book actually, um, but play is something you really love to do. So I, I did a blog post recently about how I just stopped reading fiction. I stopped yeah. reading novels because right. I was always like, I was researching my books and I'm reading, reading non-fiction and I like non-fiction. Yeah. But I'd lent too far and I, and I love reading a good novel. Yeah. And, and then I read a couple of novels over the, the festive break and that, and I just didn't really enjoy them. And then I thought, oh God, I'm not going to be able to read another novel <laughs> until next Christmas. And I, and I was like, what am I doing to myself? Why am I not allowing myself to do the one thing that I Why absolutely that yeah. love to do? Wow. So find the thing that you really love and yeah. just do it. Who cares what other people think? Yeah, that's the thing though. Hey, you've yeah. got this yeah. second voice up here that says, oh, you can't do that. Why are you doing that? Don't be an idiot. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, quieting that little mind up here that's constantly going and being judgmental. And we're so hard on ourselves. Oh. Hey? Mentally, we are just, it's like having a really bad friend next to you yes. or around you all the time that doesn't give a shit about your well-being. That just says, no, I know better. Don't do that. You know, be scared of this. You can't do that. No one else is doing it. That's, that's not you. That's no, what, that's what I... I I um, got this concept from a, a life coach called Martha Beck. She's mm -hmm. a well-known life coach from the US, and um, she calls that your lizard. So it's right. about your lizard mm -hmm. brain. And she says one thing that you can do is name your lizard. Right. So um, you just, and she also asks you to um, to find a representation of a lizard. I've got a lizard on my, I used to have a lizard on my key ring. It's fallen off. Um, and and you call your lizard a name, yeah. and when when she wakes you up at three o'clock in the morning, as mm -hmm. your lizard does, and says, "You're not, you don't have enough time today to do everything you want to yeah. do. <laughs> oh, you didn't do that thing yesterday. Oh, you shouldn't have yelled at your kids like that." Then you go, "Shush, shush, lizard, shush." I call mine Penelope. So, okay. shush, Penelope. Penelope is not you. It's not yeah. Penelope's not me. It, it's it's not the core me. It's not the you know, it's still part of you, but it's not the core you. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, she's not mm. me. She she's just looking for lack and attack. Yes. And, um, and and you just shush her and say, look, let's go back to sleep. Yeah. See, that's very interesting. <laughs> I had that last night actually. I woke up at two <laughs> o'clock and the hamsters Everybody. were going. I was going, how am I going to deal with this? How am I going to do with that? And blah blah blah. And it took over an hour for the, uh. the mind to actually. I had to get up in the end, and I, I just walked outside. I let the dog out and. It was nice, it was you know, 2.30 in the morning, but that was enough to kind of just change the environment I was in. I could have stayed in bed and just got more and more frustrated. Mm. I thought, okay, if I'm this awake, maybe I should just get up and, and do that, that. That's another thing, just changing your state. Just that's changing it. your state. And that was, it was like taking a pill almost. Mm. It was just the whole body, just, it, I felt like sleepy again. It was almost like I had to get up and I had one of the most amazing dreams afterwards as well. So <laughs> I'll tell you about that another time. Uh, but you're right, this, the voice inside, whether it's the lizard or so forth, it's just so, um, it just, it's just taking over and people don't know how to shut it off or mm. quieten it down. And I think that it's where a lot of the anxiety comes from that we're facing today. Mm. Yeah, and, and, there's, and there's so many tools out there, but it's getting out of your own head and deciding. But even know, tools, do you, do? you know, everyone is different. There is no mm. quick fix. No. Like it, with drugs yeah. or with methods or... And it's really hard if you're not if you're not clued up on how to that that there actually is a problem is is part of mm. the problem, isn't it? Is that 
actually recognizing, hey, you can, you know, did you realize you can never shut the hamster up, that it's with you 24-7, telling you negative things? <laughs> but, but people don't know that. So they just think, this is normal, this is just how I am, this is who I am, there is no different way. One, one thing that I advise people uh, that you, you said you heard me on the other podcast, and mm. I advise this almost every time that I talk to someone, is, is to just cut the news out. Right. So stop listening, stop watching mm. the news, take the apps off your phone, stop reading it, just, just don't, because that feeds your lizard, yeah, that feeds right. all those negative thoughts. And, and I'm just, you know, things filter through, yeah, okay? You know, you, you, you hear the headlines, you hear some of the, the worst things, but you don't hear all the day-to-day -day horror that you can't do anything about. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it, it, it's, it's not... It's not being oblivious to to yeah. the tragedy that's in the world and the, the mm. unfairness, but it is minding your mind. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I did mm. bucket bus blueprint, and then you were sort of talking about goals. So I did um, a goal setting book, of course, because you you know if you're writing a personal development book, you have yes. to write a goal setting book. Yep. So again, super sexy goal setting. Super sexy Great. goal setting. I just, How's it I was super so, sexy? I was so attached to the name. So <laughs> I define sexy as exciting and meaningful. Yes. And um, the main uh, theme of that book is to limit your goals. So I suggest four goals per year. Right. Yeah. That's a good idea. Uh, and. Um, up to four goals per year. You can even do less, and um, and um, yeah, that was my goal setting. Book. Okay, <laughs> sounds what super sexy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just read it. A, yeah, just read it because it's such a personal thing. Wrote you know, it a while back. Can't remember what I wrote. <laughs> I'm sure I see some good things in there. Did you find that after you've written the first one or the first two, you've kind of got now a template to? You've got a rhythm uh, in how you approach writing a book. Yeah. So obviously well, there's a research component, then there is a, an editing component. Yes. Where do you find the time? How do you actually structure that into your life? Yeah. Like, do you have a routine of, do you have a routine of writing these books? Do you make that a priority? Yes. Like between five yeah. and eight o'clock every day, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. So I, I, um, I go through like some people say you should write every day, but I sort of write in harvest seasons or mm. like a project. So like I decide I'm going to write a book, and then that's kind of what I'm concentrating on. And I have a set time, set some set times over a week that I'll yep. dedicate to writing, and um, and then just try to get it done. And I try to get it done within like a month or two, at right. least, and 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 then get out in the world. So I sort of have about a three or four months to turn around. So do you give yourself book. a deadline? I'm going to yes, write this book. Yes, yeah, so the current book done. I'm writing, I would like it out uh, by the end of this month. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that's only 30 it's, days, right? Yes, but part of, part of my super <laughs> sexy goal setting is you should have a deadline yeah, that's and right. have some accountability. So, yeah. That's the I'm thing, just, accountability, yeah. hey. Yes, and so telling oh. people that I'm going to get it out. And if you fail, you go, but it's a week later. Who cares? No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> like what you told me earlier, yeah. you know, the 90-day period you of writing a book, it took yeah. you 100 days. I still managed to write a book. So That's still um, a massive achievement. Yeah. And then, Find I, your purpose in 15 minutes. And then, yes, of course. So if you write a personal a series on personal growth, you have to write something about purpose. So that's been actually a really good seller. Um, my sister and I, who, who you know, my yeah. sister Natalie and I, went to uh, 
another Tony Robbins seminar, so this is called Date with Destiny. Um, and that oh, was, we talked a little bit about that. Yeah, yep. so that was about a year ago, and so that's where she had her epiphany to get um, to start her vegan food truck. So six months to the day after it. she had the epiphany, like it was up and running. I could not believe it. Like wow. that was unbelievable. Um, and who would have thought? You know, yeah. that is what came out. If, yeah. if someone walked past her in the street and goes, hey, Nick, you should start a food truck. Yeah, what? Yeah, it was what does that make sense? But the way yeah. she found out about it was just amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. So we did six days. This is six days with Tony Robbins. This is not six normal days. This is six 12 to 15 hour days every yeah. day. Yeah, she said it was very intense. Yeah, you're dancing till two o'clock in the morning. You're basically dancing. Everyone says, what did you learn? I was like, nothing. We just danced. <laughs> But basically, we took six days, and at the end, uh, towards the end of the sixth, fifth or sixth day, we were writing our purpose out, our sort of mission statement. And I right. thought, I just got a little bit silly afterwards, and I thought, I can do that quicker. So I, I developed a system where you can do it in 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well done, though. <laughs> yeah. So so, would and, you re- so someone who's searching, who's soul-searching, who wants to find, oh, what's my purpose, would you recommend these kind of seminars, you know, these self-help seminars? It, it really depends what you want. What, what I want people to know is don't let not knowing your purpose hold you back. Mm. Again, just lean into something you, want to, you think mm. you want to do or you think will be fun or you think you might love and try it out. Yes. Because that makes life purposeful, you know. It's it, not the yeah, day-to-day right. drudgery. I, I wrote that book because I wanted people to find their purpose and then just move on, you know. Yeah. I don't want... You know, if you really want to go and see Tony Robbins and dance for six days and have like, it was the time <laughs> of my life. It was it was awesome. Oof, yeah. But it's not for everybody. No. And um, it will take it takes time and resources. So if you want to do that, do that. But if if you just want to get more out of life, then do a quick quiz, find your purpose, and move on and actually live your life. I guess the key word is just action. Don't yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Just do it. Hey. Yeah. Just find it. <laughs> and then. To end with, yeah. Maxi Moo flies to the moon. Yes. So, so it's not a, that's is, not a personal development book. No, no. <laughs> this is purely for fun and getting back into um, childlike manner. And you've done it in rhyme and it looks really nice. And Hardest uh, the, book I've written. Hardest book. It's got 500 words. Tell us why this oh. little book that's got 15 words in it was so oh, difficult to write. Oh, my goodness. I learned so much. I learned more writing that book than I wrote uh, all those other books combined. Yeah. Right, that is harder than all those other books combined, and it's so small. I, I just learned so much, and and it was so rewarding. Yes. So it's, it's one of the most rewarding books I've ever written. I, I, um, I've read it to my, my daughter's daycare, and I've read, I've read it to my son's school. And, and the kids just love it. And, yeah. and so it's rewarding in that respect. But um, I learned a lot about rhyming and yes. rhythm and stress and... and stress, iambic, sorry. Uh, stress on... Stress on um, oh, OK. Yeah. Iambic pentometer. If you get it wrong, yeah. it's awful. Yeah, it's, it sounds awful. I didn't yeah. realise. And I learned a whole lot about... I didn't do the illustrations, but I learned about yep. colour and uh, RGB versus CMYK and uh, yeah. just... Things I had zero idea about before I started. So um, I love learning new things, and, and I'd really like to write another um, picture book sometime. My, my goal with that book was to create a picture book that you could not tell was self-published as such. Um, right. That, that you could, you'd see it in a shop. No, it, it's, it's it feels shop, really nice. It lo- um, and it's it just really looked beautiful. I just, I just, I, yeah. 
And also just to have fun, real fun. And it was fun even though it was hard work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But isn't it amazing that these books, these kids' books, are, you know, just take so much time to actually make look good? Well, you know, because you wrote one yourself. Oh, you had to bring that one up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have. So I know the struggle that, that you go through with once you write it and That's make awesome. it technical. So, yeah. So we're exchanging um, kids' books today. <laughs> but it's been... Absolutely and fascinating. And you wrote yours before self-publishing was even a thing. I know. I learned the hard way. <laughs> I made every mistake under the sun. Yeah, but you know what? You this, that was all part of, you know, breaking through the barrier. I didn't know, so I just did it. Mm. And I made some really, well, not big mistakes, but I could have done things a lot easier than I did. And now, if I'm going to do another one, I'm so much more prepared. Mm. I know what's coming up. And also, too, you know, when you write a kid's book, and I think this is one of the rewarding things is, you know, you're creating a whole world. Mm. This is all you. These characters, these words never existed before mm. you put this in. And I think that's one of the wonderful things about um, creating kids' books. So, but it is hard. And to get it right and the rhythm oh, and rhyming. Goodness. I know people say, oh, I'm going to gonna make a rhyme. No, yeah. you don't have to. Yeah. But please, if you're going to do a rhyming book, Make it rhyme nice, you know. Don't just have the last words rhyme. The rhythm is has to be there. Otherwise, it's just oh, it's, it's awful. And I, I my favourite picture books are all rhyming picture books done right. well, like the Gruffalo and the Harry yes. McClary books. Um, but again, Seuss, I, I don't want to put people off no. writing a picture book, like or especially a rhyming one. Just use your muse and yes. use your creativity and get it out there. The first. You know, 20 drafts of Maxi Moo were awful, just yeah. awful. Um, but, you know, they were, you know, it was, it was a progress. So I, I don't want people to be put off because they don't know rhythm or they don't no, they've never right. heard of that sort of stuff. Um, I had no idea. But, yes. you know, I sort of wrote it and then I sort of learned a bit more and wrote it and learned a bit more. So please just write your book. <laughs> and it's okay to make mistakes. Yes, yes. Write yeah. it and for your first book, just write a terrible book. Yeah. That's all you have to do. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's going to become better and better. And that's yeah. the creative process, isn't yeah. it? And this is where in, in the society of instant gratification, you know, you have an app, make your video in 15 seconds and it's awesome. You know, it looks good, sounds good and all that sort of stuff. That instant gratification doesn't exist when you're putting your heart and soul into something. You know, it's really raw. It's really vulnerable. But if you get there at the other end, I think it's the most rewarding thing you can do, hey. Mm, exactly. Yeah. I, I, through, the theme throughout a lot of my books is like happiness, being happier is actually harder. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Being negative is easy. Yeah. Happiness is definitely <laughs> a lot harder. They say, there's a quote that they say, um, death is easy, comedy is hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come, ever, ever thought about doing stand-up comedy? <laughs> Oh, it could be something I'll put on uh, future If you want to list. scare yourself, yes, yes, I think that's the, probably the most scary the thing yeah. you can do, hey. Have you tried it? Have you done um, something? I'm dabbling with uh, it. Uh, oh, that'd be interesting. Uh, I'll come and see you. No, I'll no, come and cheer oh, no, you on. No, you don't want to, no. <laughs> but I like the idea because it scares me to death. It's like you're being judged. You're trying to make people funny or you're trying to make people laugh. Mm. And chances are you're not going to succeed in doing that. So you're up there on stage going, oh, wow, that didn't work. Where do I go from here? You know, do you just walk off and let it... <laughs> how thick a skin do you need in order to cope with that without wanting to destroy yourself afterwards? Again, I think you just 
have to oh, yeah, make it playful, it. make it fun, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you know, why are you doing it? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, Julie. Thank you so much for coming oh, along. Thank you. I'd love to have you back when you do your next book. Yes. And if you have any big revelations that you want to share with the yeah. world, yeah, all well, yes. Yeah, well, I'm constantly learning, so I'll let you know. <laughs> awesome. I, yeah, I love talking to you, Daniel. It you made me feel really relaxed and comfortable. Even so though we're you. on a couch in space, yes. isn't it beautiful, yeah. hey? All space is on my bucket list. So oh, is it? Yeah. Well, you've yeah. done that yeah, now. You can yeah, cross yeah. That I can off. cross it off now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Julie. <laughs> thank you. See you guys. Bye. Couch in space!